one of my fondest, fondest memories was seeing Tim Worley and far more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> seeing Tim Worley and far more when I was young. My older was like, look. I was like, Mom, it's Tim Worley. <laughs> Peace. This is the Ash Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. So we're about to get into the first episode of the season. Uh, the real season, uh, you know, I, I did, I did slide one out there at the end of June, um, and a bit of haste and a bit of excitement, uh, maybe before I really wanted to go. And I'm gonna rebarcast that episode, repost that episode with a little bit more detail, a little more definition in the coming weeks. Uh, but today we're really kicking off the first official episode of the season with my brother Divine Culture. Uh, I'll let the interview speak for itself, but uh, you know what I want to give you on the front end is just a little context of when what was happening when this was coming together and why we we were together. So, um, my my view and my vision for 2019 has been uh, unity and connection uh, and accountability amongst my own circle. All right. So when I say unity, meaning you know the the challenge of growing older is the maintenance of the relationships you form when you're younger uh, as the context, the conditions that you lived in when you were a young man change the responsibilities uh, you have, uh, the concerns you have, I guess, to to quote the uh, J. Cole lyric, that was my main concern back when concerns were lesser. Uh, certain things were were really big issues and big concerns when I was a younger man, and now that I'm a man, and I guess I would say in the meaty middle of, of life uh, at uh, 43, you you recognize how precious the relationships you have are, uh, how important it is though actually to be intentional about the maintenance, and how fragile what you may have taken for granted as just. It just happened when you was in your 20s or y'all, that was your old head or that was your young boy and y'all just had this certain vibe or energy. You know, but there's actually a commitment that is required, as I see it, to maintain our bonds. And as any uh, circle of, of uh, friends and brothers um, and people you know, across the spectrum um, of you know, gender, what have you, 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 as you age, as you move through life, you diverge not out of a difference of care, a difference of concern, but you diverge as you have other things that you need to be concerned about as you further v- roll out into the vision of who you want to be. And um, it's been my my mission to to make sure some of the threads of my life, some of the lines of my life are converging back together. And as I'm trying to do and make certain things happen, that I'm creating the space to bring people together. I mean, quite simply, and and, and yes, I, I hope other people benefit, but also because I, <laughs> this is something that I need. I need uh, the relationships and the time with my friends. I need the experience of sharing certain uh, parts of my life as it is now with my brothers, uh, with some of my, with my sisters, with my physical family, with um, you know other you know people who are part of my pantheon. You know, my life is, uh, I'm aging. My kids are getting older, and my moves that I'm trying to make for myself 
and the things I'm trying to spend my time on, I want to ensure certain things that I did not allow something to change or not go well only because I didn't pay attention to it. Uh, so saying that to say, so, you know, I initiated in March of this year around the week time of my birthday to try to bring those who were able to travel and, and meet up with me together to to deal with some social equality and some 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 some, some fun time, but also to really take a moment to share around our goals, uh, what things we're doing, what things we're trying to do, um, whether professionally, personally, family, what have you, what things were really important, and some centering around, uh, you know, how can we be accountability partners? How we how can we be an aid to each other, you know, in being successful in those undertakings and in those changes or those new growth areas. So this interview, um, you know, really it was was an opportunity that I ensured was a part of because that was part of the trip as well. Was to get you know to cut some tape, to get some interviews uh, with folks that it would be difficult for me to get elsewhere. So uh, my brother, Divine Culture. <laughs> was uh, gracious enough to share and add on with me. And so you are going to get the opportunity to share and get to learn a little bit about him and, um, you know, take take the best part for yourself as always. And um, we're going to go from there. So please listen and enjoy. Peace. Peace. This Peace. is the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Rod G. And my guest, my brother, Divine Culture. Peace, Divine. Peace, Justice. How you doing today? Yo, I'm I'm feeling very well today. I'm enthused about this weekend. I'm enthused about this day, this exchange I'm having with my brothers, and more specifically to celebrate your life. Oh, all right. You well, know, peace. so yeah, peace to God. yeah, well, it's a very uh, monumental day, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be <laughs> a hell of a reflection uh, for 2019. Indeed. So let's get into it. Uh, so I always start with just anybody you want to get some some props or some reference and respect to before we get into the the general question. Yeah, peace of my ancestors. You know what I mean. Those who came before me. Um, peace to the Powerborn family and um, all my loved ones close and dear to me. You know, peace to uh, Washington D.C. Peace. So the first question, um, can you give me a standard or a principle uh, that you try to live by or apply in your life? Um, a standard and a principle, it's a twofold, but education and culture mean a lot to me. Okay. You know, um, not just because I'm an educator, but even when I was young, uh I've been into the marriage of education and culture. Um one of my first gigs was working at Wonder Inc. Collectibles on Liberty Avenue, which was a car collectible shop. So I used to put the little um the little cards in the plastic and you know, it was just me. I was like eleven, twelve years old. That was one of my first jobs. The other job I worked uh, for the Post Gazette as a paper boy. But the car shop was actually my first experience with data because I used to look at the back of the cars and look at 
um, mm-hmm. running backs, specifically running backs <laughs> and wide receivers, their data. Okay. You know, so um, there I began to learn and appreciate the fine details of things. So that's like a mixture of education and culture. And um, that was young, but as I got older in high school, um, and even, you know, that 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 area of the University of Pittsburgh, when I look at it now, it meant a lot in my life. Because prior to even getting knowledge itself, my next door neighbor was Eric Mobley. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he um, used to take me and a couple of my boys all getting his um, his blazer, the trucks, mm-hmm. he had a blazer, you know, yeah. back in the day. And he used to take us to the game. So I'd be at the on the um I'd be in the in the games and looking at, you know, of course the game, but then the cultural dynamics because there was Puerto Ricans on the team, Orlando Antigua, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and that was my first like, okay, these are the other types of original people, you mm-hmm. know. So he exposed me to that as well as New Balance. He seen, I, I saw my first pair of New Balance sneakers, which meant something to me. It still means something to me now. When uh, I think he had like some huge roll bars. He was like a size 14. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't hard to miss. Indeed. You know, so, um, so yeah, uh, being on the University of Pittsburgh as a middle school student and then being uh, in a program called Investing Now and then being attracted to the several girls in Upper Bound, I became gravitated to to education and then, you know, culture as well. So those are those are some of my uh, my underpinnings in regards to why I appreciate education and culture. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh unshockingly, I became I wanted to become a school teacher at a young age, an elementary school teacher. Is there any is there an aspect of culture specifically like pulled from those two that maybe any like a story or something that's happened to you that elevated the importance of culture uh, for you in some way? Um, I will. It, it goes back to school, you know, but um, going to Shinley High School, there was a um, in the atmosphere, there was this school spirit thing that took mm-hmm. place in the school spirit kind of um, gave me a sense of belonging. And while I was on that campus for high school, there were certain um, certain little small things I, I looked at because the high school was so close to University of Pittsburgh again. Mm-hmm. So um, seeing like Javon Buckner in the Ghetto Times magazine, him passing them out on the corner of Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. and the Black Action Society parties, um, no, excuse me, the Black Action Society uh, speaking series. Mm-hmm. Several speakers. Um, that was uh, that kind of push the envelope regarding embracing black culture. And I had a mentor as well, piece of Daryl Tariq Wiley. You know, he's the first person who um, told me about the science of eating chicken and why I shouldn't eat chicken as well as he introduced me to Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Um, and he also introduced me to, you know, the the understanding that Egypt was the land of the black people, and those were, you know, our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So that was at an early age, in eighth grade. Um, but so all this stuff, you know, began to cross-pollinate mm-hmm. from middle school to high school. And um, by that time, I already knew that I wanted to be 
a school teacher. So that whole experience was kind of like pushing me forward to um, the acquisition of knowledge. All right. Hey, so um, relationships, you know, broadly defined. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something that you understand now or you've learned about relationships that you do or understand differently now than you maybe understood when you were a younger man? Oh, yeah. Um, I would probably say meeting people where they are, you know. You know, we always, there's this, you know, equality, equity, you know, equality is the shared things. Equity is to meet people where they are. Um, I wish I had known that before because at times I would demonstrate the inward mindset, like, yo, why doesn't this person understand? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of taking an outward mindset about, the possible reasons why that person may not understand or the possible levers that drives that person's behavior, you know, and that would make our relationship better, you know, cause you know, there's, um, intimate relationships with females, there's relationships with brothers, there's relationships with family members after you get knowledge yourself, which can be kind of like, mm-hmm. they want things to be, share it with them explicitly, but I may have not known how to do it or I was kind of aggressive when I got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say responding to people in a matter that would solve the, 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 the conflict or the misunderstanding instead of, you know, meeting iron with iron. Like it, mm-hmm. it just hasn't worked. <laughs> so yeah, my my approach to things would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there um with that? Is there any particular like techniques that you take or self regulation that you do to to like meet that that practice that maybe you didn't do in the past? Right. So um, when I was nineteen twenty, I began to learn about supreme mathematics. And how it's like a you know a tool to utilize. Um, I often reflect on it reflexively, meaning like, you know, since it's my standard, it's kind of like, yo, what is today's mathematics? To see if it can help me um, navigate a situation. It's almost mm-hmm. like the uh, the WWJD, like what would Jesus do? Little uh, wristbands that people used to wear a lot, like, I just would like, okay, like, anytime a situation happens, or it could be positive, negative, like, yo, what's today's mathematics? And I can extract something from those principles to guide me, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, and in a, lot, a lot of times, I can just be honest with myself and be a reflective, a reflective black man, like, how can I help this situation go better? Mm-hmm. You know, because... That has a different tone with like, how can I get my way? You know, mm, mm. you know, it's like, how can I make it go better? Looks at, looks at it from, it looks at the ecology of a situation from a larger lens. Mm. But when I be like, yo, how can I get what I want? It's 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 again, it's inward thought. It's not an outward thought. I'm not thinking about everybody. Um, and I learned that as a teacher as well. Like when you have like a a, a hard to reach student, you know, like I can respond differently where I keep the entire classroom setting in mind instead of that one student. Mm-hmm. So from learning that from teaching, I began to apply it to people. And like, I mean, cause there's a couple of people who deserve to get popped off 
on as of as of late, and I just respond differently because, you know, as I I'm still in my thirties, but as I flirt with my forties, it's kind of like I don't want to always be enveloped in stress because things aren't going my way, mm-hmm. and I've learned that it's like with leadership, which I'm which I'm um, I'm dealing with now as as a central office um, leader, it's like getting people to do things that I want them to do or we need them to do and mm. them wanting to do it. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of times that's more about relationship building. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing <laughs> regarding relationships, actually building a relationship with people um, before engaging in trust. You know what I mean? Um, certain virtues, um, and um, one more thing is, you know, uh, to try to revisit some of those things that aren't spoken about a lot, like honor and integrity, um, doing things when people aren't looking and them being according to my makeup as a man. Mm. All right. That's because I just want to pull something out of there that I heard, too, in terms of that, that the, the there can be sometimes it sounds like you could have what you want and what would be good, you know, or what could be great for us could be the same, but we also want to acknowledge that sometimes what you want and what may be the best for the, for either you or the parties that you're engaged with may not be about what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that often we can, especially, especially even in the service of something righteous or doing the right thing or in service to a community need or in, in, in your field in terms of education, you could get hazy Mm-hmm. And I think they're acknowledging, like you know, wait a minute, let me figure out what what what, what do we actually need to happen here is um is a really important um piece of uh, piece of piece piece of something to think about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, um, or it's heavy. Yeah, I um, you know, and I my 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 um my reading now is like before it was like when I was young it was like celebratory reading like yo man you gotta read this book you know what I'm saying like (laughs) and it was usually by a celebrated author but now I find myself you know reading like I don't know who the author is but it's just a case study on a particular subject Mm -hmm. and you know the 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 uh anonymous nature of those type of texts Mm -hmm. helps me grapple with the subject more instead of the person okay you know what I'm saying like um, and here's another way I, 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 I've I've opted to deal with people, and it comes from this this story. There was a um, it was in Northeast Washington D.C., and there was a a family that was having a uh, a cookout in the backyard, and um, you know, men, women, and children. So out of nowhere, this guy comes, a, a, a an opposed robber, um, who appeared to be a robber, was like, yo. This is a stick up. Give me everything you got and put his head, his 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 the gun to the head of a fourteen year old child. Actual story. And um, he was like, "Yo, give me what you got." And everybody's you know trying to negotiate with him, et cetera. And then this one particular lady was like, "Yo, we're out here having a glass of wine. Would you like to have a glass of wine?" So it, she she disarmed him. She shocked him. He was like, "What?" So you know she was like, "Here, just take this glass of wine." He starts sipping the wine. Next thing you know. Um, He's distilling all these different things about his life, and they wind up having a group hug. And you know, uh, he walks away. And um, after he leaves, they call the police, 
and um, the police come and they go around the block and they find that glass of wine sitting down on the cement, not broken at all. You know, so um, mm-hmm. and the police officer said we've never seen this type of robbery before, but it wasn't a robbery because that one lady was able to disarm that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Disarm them and then demonstrate humility, like, "Yo, you can come have some drinks with us as well." You know, but that type of adaptive thinking is what I've used in environments where I've taught, <laughs> whether it's in a correctional facility. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in a marginalized area of Washington D.C., I've used that to try to to um, see how I could best approach it. And then you know, mathematics is my foundation, mm-hmm. so these things are additives, you know, to help me reinforce, you know, my um, the the the, uh, the rules and standards I live by. Mm-hmm. All right, man, that's a powerful story. It's almost the um... It's being studied too. Yeah. That's that particular story has been studied about what exact the psychology of the interaction. Yeah. You know, it's mean, so like there's. I mean, there's pieces there of like reframing sort of this relationship without making sort of an oppositional dynamic, right? Which is um, remarkable, right? <laughs> given the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it, wow. Um. So. Third question, or third prime question. So, what's just something that's really important uh, for you in your life right now? Um, right now, writing has been very important to me. I mean, I can speak about family and all that, but that's cliche. Um, mm-hmm. Writing is very important to me. I've met uh, two influential individuals, and they've both said me said to me the same thing. One was Michael Eric Dyson. This was in Georgia Avenue. I think I was on the some cheat. Uh, uh, I seen Michael Eric Dyson. He was coming out of uh, Nando Perry's, and uh, I was like, "Yo, I'm an adjunct faculty member at UDC." Yada yada yada. You know, any recommendations? He's like, "Yo, you need to write. Just keep writing, keep writing." Um, and then I uh, somehow I ran out. Somehow I wound up at a BT Hip Hop Honors Award ceremony. <laughs> This was at the time I was promoting. I was promoting. I was in the streets. I was promoting heavy. I was teaching during the day, adjunct faculty during the night, and I was promoting parties. And I ran into Spike Lee, and uh, he actually said something about a hat I had on. And I was like, "Yo, I'm from Pittsburgh." And he went into this whole Willie Star. He's a huge Willie Stargell fan. Right. Yeah, right. So um, we just going back and forth, and um, he was like, "Yo, I give." We got on the writing thing. He's like, "I tell everybody the same thing. You need to write, write, write." You know, then I ran into him again in Union Station, like, right, right, right. So, you know, because my background is creative writing, but now I'm interested into in academic writing, which was a struggle for me because some of my language, which I used to call high-tech dialect, and I still do, you know, that's not good for academic writing because it's too interpretative. Mm-hmm. But I come from a hip-hop community. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. I mean, hip-hop background. Uh, so... Having certain adjectives and adverbs always sounded cool to me. But when you get to academic writing and they're like, yo, we need you to make this very plain and linear. I, don't, I come from a Toni Morrison type of background, Mary <laughs> Baraka-like. So it was difficult, you know. So right now I'm interested in writing to um, to almost like, as you were doing today, like stilling, S-T-I-L-L. 
ing like to steal the things that we experience as black folks but more specifically with education mm. so um and on alongside that I, I'm, I'm interested in doing op-eds too i got three publications coming out um they're strictly academic journals but um one is a chapter book about higher education for black males another is a research project on um, black and brown uh, students at George Mason. And another one is a book review for Columbia Teachers College um, on uh, uh, relational leadership. So, um, so yeah, that's really um, what my, my, what matters to me right now is I think, and it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a legacy type of thing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just want to be, I I just want to write. You know what I mean? I just want to write. Um, and it's funny because uh, I overheard a conversation today about um, brothers talking about writing. And I also got a jewel not too long ago. Can I do it? Like, I at least write an hour for a day. You know, an hour a day is five hours mm. out of a Monday through Friday. Even if it's the notes on the phone, you know what I'm saying? I kind of I miss catching the subway because... When I catch the subway, I used to get so much stuff done just like typing, whether I'm seeing something or, you know, um, so uh, that's one recommendation I give to anybody who's who's, who's trying to write because I get that from uh, actually a very renowned scholar who was just like a regular dude to me and I didn't know he was a renowned scholar. (laughs) (laughs) Just somebody you knew. He was just like somebody I knew and then I I found out he was like a renowned scholar. But, you know, he said, you know, you need to be writing at least an hour a day. Mm. So I, I do it reflexively, and I just enjoy doing it. And Quiet is Kept, um, what actually, I was a writer before. I was a writer like in 99, 2000, and then, but what amplified my writing is when um, my brothers and sisters as well, Peace to Armadina, um, brothers had blogs. Mm-hmm. You know, and we invested, brothers and sisters had blogs and we invested, I think like 2006, 2009, 8. I know I stopped at like 8, but like this was like excessive writing about how we saw the world. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that period. I thought I was just like flying past time, but it was like I was enthused about what I was learning and I wanted to portray my understandings. But that period, I realized now when I'm writing and it's like, not to be vain, but it's like, I'm like, damn, I got five pages already. It's because I've built a muscle memory type with the act of writing mm-hmm. and, and, and employing language and, you know, um, creating sentences of adventure, if I may, from mm-hmm. Rakim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, well, I mean, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give a ask, and that is, um, you know, or even a challenge because – the to me the value of writing is is is, is, is it's a way to get something down and, and, and even if you're not sure what you're gonna do with it yet you know I mean it may just be end up being for you um but it's hard it, it's easy sometimes especially if your work daily doesn't require you to do it mm-hmm. to like make sure you make that time so I'm gonna ask you to uh to be my writing accountability partner okay okay that's peace so i want you to hit me with it you know maybe we we talk about the details offline but maybe like 
you know, you make you make the call like, God, you got to send me some text that you wrote this week or something. You know what I mean? Okay, so yeah. You, you know, and it won't be like I'm gonna send you. you no, know, I know you got you got you doing the doctorate. You don't need to do a four thousand words <laughs> of, right. of what Raji's thinking, but some evidence that I wrote something this week. Yeah, you know, you know that's I mean? a piece because that's actually an exchange because. Even if I'm like um, at a grocery store and I uh, pick up a magazine, yeah. if I look through that paragraph, I see certain language that jumps out on me, yeah. and I can utilize it or flip it. You know, I come from a, um, a background of we don't bite. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> like if you just hip hop head, the whole idea of biting. You know, even thing. like you know fashion. Some I would be uh, high school. Somebody, yo, where'd you get that at? They would give. They would tell you a lie because they didn't want you biting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Um, when I see certain language, like if you send me text for the past week, I'm like, wow, like I like the way you utilize that word or way that, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, we definitely could do that. Uh, right. I had another thought, but it's listening on my mind right now. But that's, um, that's me. But yeah, so uh, I'm going to definitely um, hold you accountable to that writing piece. Oh, so yeah, I was going to say, like, if I see something and I can't write, I'll hit the audio. Mm-hmm. Of my phone, okay, and be like, "Hmm, her skin is like dusk on the eastern horizon." Boop, and that's it. <laughs> and like that'll just be the quote that you know what I'm saying that I want to to keep, so well, I can maybe. revisit it in the future. It's so, you know when I think about because I, I I I've been I've been spottingly and reflexively using Nas's album, um. It's the album he said he was taking it back 10 years. I can't remember. But uh, it's almost like renewing that history. Um, and in that album, I can't even remember. Excuse me. Pardon me. That's all right. I can't even remember. I lost a thought. All right, don't worry about it. Well, um, I'm going to bring us to my closing question because mm-hmm. um, – as I'd like this to be the, the first of a, a, a future appearance on the podcast, you know what I'm saying? You know, dealing with what the rest of our night holds. Um, so the thing I've been ending the show with recently, is there a either maybe a music album or a movie, something that you look at it now and you don't feel the same as you felt about it maybe when you saw it, you know, when you were younger or a couple of years ago or even recently. I mean, Without even. question, man. Um, Give me something. Higher learning and school days. Mm. And in fact, I recommend it to um, parents who got or who have uh, children who are approaching college mm-hmm. because higher learning created in 1995 by John Singleton is so eerily reflective of 2019 as it pertains mm. to higher education and race relations mm. and um, black students navigating PWIs. Okay. It's like, I don't know when the last time you saw it, but I, I guarantee you. I haven't seen it in a minute, but I'm I guarantee you, if you watch it 2019 and keep, mm-hmm. um, keep in mind of when he wrote it, it's like, yo, the same stuff is happening on PWIs. Or it may make you think about your experience at a PWI. Um, but there's, from even, like, there's one scene in there, speaking of writing, there's one scene in there when Omar Epps is getting drilled by Tyra Banks because she's helping with him with writing. Freshman writing is an issue. Yeah. Because in high school, 
students mm -hmm. aren't properly prepared how to compose sentences effectively, not just to appear to the white world, but just to to make sense, mm -hmm. you know. So there's a scene in there in that, and actually there's um, five percent representation in there as well with Buster Rhymes, and there's a scene where he's he um, demonstrates his self-efficacy. Mm. You know, he's a little angry when, and during the movie, mm. but he demonstrates his self-efficacy and his self-divinity. And I was like, hmm. You know, from even like uh, Fudge, played by Ice Cube, the the setting of his home and thinking about brothers and colleges living together mm. in a type of social capital, you're going to be able to relate to that. Mm. Yeah. And the other movie I said was um, School Days because, and I watched School Days last week, so I have a fresh um, fresh take on it. But one of the most interesting the interesting things about School Days besides seeing how young Lawrence Fishburne was, terribly young he was, <laughs> and watching him now on Grownish. I watched Grownish with my daughter. Yeah. I mean, she'll be at campus at, at college and I'll, I'll be wherever I'm at but this, that's something we've grown to watch together kind of like how different world was back All in right. the day but uh, school days was interesting because of the town and gown relationship and town and gown is uh, for the listening audience is uh, the relationship between a university and a neighborhood mm. and um, the, the neighborhood where the university is at and there's a scene when Spike Lee his movie, but Spike Lee's Morehouse brother, Samuel Jackson and Lawrence Fishburne get into it at maybe like a KFC. And um, they're arguing about who thinks who's better. And, you know, but it shows that relationship because on university campuses, you know, you got these people who are coming from different cities. Cause mm -hmm. you remember uh, even Dwayne Wayne was in a movie. He was clearly from New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, they're in these, in the, they come to these universities and they, acquire all this knowledge and information and essentially some of the time they leave yeah. but the people who live there don't get it so it's a certain type of 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 divide i've always been interested in how to make that bond yeah. from even my days playing basketball at trees hall yeah. and seeing like oh yeah they from runaway <laughs> but they from runaway i could tell they they from dc runaway because of they slouch socks you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh <laughs> so so um the the movie School Days, that scene is like, it's just, that scene is everything. That scene as well as, because um, you know it was a musical, but uh, the colorism mm, that exists yeah. among, amongst original people, but they show how it's relative on campuses, and it's very um, um, parallel to the adage, if you black, get back. If you brown, stick around. If you yellow, you mellow. And if you white, you all right. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's 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 shown in the um, it's shown in the movie. So, anyways, those are my two movies for everybody: higher learning and school days, uh, especially in this time period where higher education is uh, under scrutiny because of um, privilege and individuals being um, admitted mm -hmm. into campuses and not earning it. So. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend those. Word up. Word up. Man, well, on the future episode, we'll return to that conversation. Oh, you no, see I want, I want, yeah. I want Well, one, I want to talk about those two again, but also this recent issue with the with the being revealed in terms of people's um, using money and influence to enter these institutions. But I would like that this story to develop a little bit more so yeah. that when we can talk about it, it'll be more substrate for us to pick apart because there's a whole lot of stuff in there. So Okay. Um Divine Culture, my brother. 
Thank you for joining me. Justice, thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, more of your creative visionary, you know what I'm saying, your leadership and modeling. And uh, thank you all for being a listening audience this evening. Yes, Peace. Sir. All right. This has been the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ask Your Old Head Podcast. This season, we're trying to grow and go to some other places and do some new things. And a part of that growth is I'm looking for creative partners. I'm also looking, haven't totally teased out how to look, uh, some sponsors who, you know, if you like what I'm doing and you believe that this seems like something that is a, a worthy effort to continue, uh, contact me via any of the, the streams that you'll see in the, in, the, in the show notes or on the notes on the page. Or wherever you download the podcast is all that should be in there. And um, get in touch with me. Um, you know, this is all something I, you know, I started this as a creative project. I'm going into four years um, and I'm over 40 episodes, you know, not including the things I've recorded that you haven't even heard yet. So suffice it to say, we're closer to 60 in reality, although 40 have been released, but we'll be uh, past 60 by the end of the year. So, um you know, I believe in this effort to create and develop a space uh, to center and focus on um, engaging black men and uh, eventually other men of color and may identify similarly in terms of their experience or spacing and take something from it. And anybody that can take something from what I'm doing, but in terms of my targeting uh, around who we are, how we define ourselves, what do we and what do I, because um, this is definitely an autobiographical reality, it's not a, uh, an, an attempt to be objective and separate from the subject matter that I'm talking about and that I'm engaging with. So, you know, if you enjoy what I'm doing, if you think that it has promise or something that maybe you would want to add on to, reach out to me. Let's see where we can connect. I'm definitely looking to do probably two live events before the year is out um, here in uh, Portland where I reside and I'll be game to go someplace else and hey man real talk you got somewhere you need somebody to come say something holla at a player so in any event thank you for listening to this episode uh, you can find me on the internet now uh, at just Justice Raji that's J-U-S-T-I-C-E R-A-J-E-E on Twitter and on Instagram uh, you can hit the shop if you want to support the art to culture movement grab yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie you know keep yourself warm in, in, in the cooler months keep yourself sharp you know in, in, uh, in the, in on, 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 the, on the square as it pertains to some areas of focus and study any time of year with a t-shirt or you know wherever you need wherever you wear your t-shirts hey and feel free yeah, I do have a, a women's cut in there I know it's important but also, understand, your t-shirt, man, you buy it, you want to re-edit that joint, you want to chop it up, you want to put some frills on it, whatever. You want to make a crop top, it's none of my business, it's your shirt. You know, live your life, live the dream. So, with that, thank you again to my guest, uh, my, my good brother, Divine Culture, for sharing and adding on with me. Thank you to you for listening and engaging uh, in this creative project with me, and uh, I look to talk to you soon again. This is Justice Raji, and thank you for listening to the Ask Your Old Head Podcast. Peace.